Welcome, everybody, yet another episode of the Wrestling vs. the World podcast. If you are checking this out and enjoying your day, awesome. If not, well, this one might be a little lengthy, so I don't know if it's going to bring your spirits up. But anyway, as I'm recording this the day after all these releases happen. And as of a post that I'm seeing on Reddit, it's been about 71 wrestlers that WWE has released as of the early November of 2021. So I thought, why not go over everybody that's been releasing, get my thoughts on everybody, see really where they were at, because some of these are more significant names than others. Now, I'm not going to be able to say exactly when some of these people are, because the post I'm seeing on Reddit, courtesy of r slash square circle, doesn't say the exact date, so I don't have the dates memorized, but sometimes it's going to be easier to talk about, some others I will not be able to. So, all right, ladies and gentlemen, uh, this is going to sound weird at the beginning, this episode was supposed to have dropped on November 19th. However, the day before, more releases happened within WWE, so this episode is going to include the original audio, and at some point, I'm going to include stop the video or audio and include the latest releases as of November 19th. So that's why this episode is going to sound a little bit wonky a little bit. So hopefully you'll enjoy, and hopefully this all makes sense as why this video is a little bit delayed, but let's get into it. Let's start off Andrade. So, from what I heard, he was being he was unhappy at the time with WWE. He wanted out. They eventually gave him his release. I mean, they couldn't have made Charlotte happy. But it's like, he was pretty much treading water. Once they had to separate him from Zelina, because Zelina got eventually fired and everything, there was nowhere for him to go from there. At all. So it was like, just let the guy go. They had nothing. I mean, he's a great talent, but... Can't cut his own promos. Issue there. Lars Sullivan. <laughs> oh, God. It's like, this guy had a bit of promise. But it's like, with a name like that, Lars. Like, if I think of Lars, I'm thinking about the older brother of freaking Twister, or whatever his character name was, on freaking Rocket Power. Lars! It's like, he, he was just a bald guy with a big beard and didn't have anything else to him. Like, in NXT, I think I saw one of his images. He just had a plain pair of red small tights and a freaking knee brace. There was nothing unique about his look. He's just a bald guy with a beard. Small Joe, now he did re-sign, but that's because WWE, or Triple H, realized that the WWE screwed up by releasing him in the first place. Because that was right after WrestleMania. Like, we had just seen him, like, doing commentary in a poncho because it was raining and there was a lay. Then they finally bring him back, so it was like... Listening was a rather dumb decision. Billy Kay, and also I'll bundle her in with Peyton Royce. These two weren't teaming anymore. I think Peyton Royce, from what I heard, was just unhappy backstage. Billy Kay's one came out of nowhere. But it's like, now I think they're... Last I checked, they're like, the, what, the knockout tag team champions in over in Impact Wrestling? So I don't think they're upset about it. Mickie James, now, this is a bit of a harsh one because we know what happened with herself being in a bag and all that stuff. And plus, like, Mickie James, she's technically a veteran with WWE. I mean, she debuted in late 2005. She disappeared after 2010 because they released her. She came back. I mean, she's a no-name. I mean, that was a big surprise. Like, I thought they still had time on her contract left. Chelsea Green, I don't know if I know who she is. Isn't she dating, like, Macrodona? At least in my recollection. Tucker, it's no surprise there. Between him and Otis, Otis was the one that was more over, and Tucker wasn't doing anything once they broke up Heavy Machinery. No loss there. Kalisto, 
I can't remember if he asked for his release, but it's like, really, was there anything going for him as well, like, around this time, other than just being in the Cruiserweight division? Like, that's going to be a common thing that you're going to see coming up, so there was nothing for him. Mojo Raleigh, he didn't do anything of significance, really. Like, the last thing I remember him doing was just looking in a broken mirror and having some face paint. And then next thing you know, he's with Rob Gronkowski at WrestleMania 36 last year. By the way, Gronkowski, get out of my life if you're listening to this. So, like, he didn't do anything of significance anyway. Uh, Wesley Blake. I know he teamed up with Murphy, who I'll get to a bit later. It's like, wasn't he with the Sons of Sins or whatever that group was that was temporarily on SmackDown, then they broke the group up because of backstage politics or some shit? Like, he wasn't doing anything special. I know he, I know he's banging, has at least been banging one of the women that used to be on Tough Enough. I can't remember her name. Like, Amy or something? I can't remember. Anyway, Bo Dallas... This was inevitable. He had not been on television in a long time. So, of course, if you're going to be inactive for a while, because I think he had other ventures that he was pursuing, of course, if you're going to be out for a while, eventually you'll get released. Alexander Wolf, I believe, I think he was part of that new Sins group or whatever was going on, as mentioned with Blake. I know he was, I believe he was part of Sanity at first. And I think in one of the WWE games, he had, like, the lowest overall ranking for a character. So, eh. I don't think he's going to be missed. Skylar Story. If you remember something right, that's Brandy Lauren, who I've seen on Instagram. Beautiful woman. But it's like, did she do anything on TV? Ezra Judge. No clue who that is. Kavita Devi. Don't know. Jessamine Duke. Don't know. Vanessa Bourne. Not sure. Velveteen Dream. This one was kind of a shame because of his circumstances with the controversy. And he eventually responded to the claims that are made against him. It's like, he had potential, but some... BS that was going on online really completely just destroyed him to the point where people were vilifying against him because he hadn't given his side and they just instantly believed the person making the accusations. So, I mean, it's kind of a shame there. Sea Color, I think he was part of that Sins group, Sons of Sins group or whatever. Again, it's called... I can't remember off the top of my head. Uh, Braun Strowman. Now, this was the first big one that really was surprising because out of those names in terms of the male division... Braun Strowman was the most accomplished there. Like, the runner-up of the 2019 Royal Rumble, won the greatest Royal Rumble match with the belt, temporary tag team champion with John Cone's son, universal champion, destroying things left and right. I mean, he was the most successful one out of everybody I just named. It's like, he goes from from having a match against Shane at WrestleMania to being in the WWE Championship Triple Threat match at WrestleMania Backlash against Bobby Lashley and Drew McIntyre, and then all of a sudden he's gone. Like, that was a like a huge loss there. Uh, Alistair Black, I mentioned... I've got this mention coming up in the Curse of the NXT Championship video that or episode that's going to come at some point. He wasn't doing anything, really. The only thing he did was, like, right before he got fired, he was about to start a view with Big E, and then all of a sudden, he's gone. So that was out of nowhere. Buddy Murphy, I think this was a bit shocking because... We had just seen this guy who was doing this whole storyline with the Mysterios and Seth Rollins and doing Ray's daughter. So out of nowhere, he's suddenly gone. I think people credit him as giving like the Cruiserweight division a new breath of life. But that's saying really not saying a lot because the Cruiserweight division never really had a breath of life. I mean, especially when you look at the booking and the characters there and the lack of storylines and attention that people give it. Lana, uh, I think at this point, I think she was ready to go. Like, I know she was making posts online about being unhappy. I don't know if that was really to online stuff or at least WWE. But it seemed like after that storyline with 
Bobby Lashley happened, all they were doing was just putting her through the announce table, and there was really nothing afterwards. Like, yeah, she was doing some teaming with uh, with Naomi, but still, nothing really that was lighting the world on fire. Now, Ruby Riot, I think this was a bit shocking. I know people were speculating that she would be in AEW before it happened, and of course, it happened. I think she's named Ruby Soho or something like that. That was a bit surprising, mainly because we knew her for having the Riot Squad tag team going on. And it was just like, it was another tag team that they broke up out of nowhere. So, yeah. Santana Garrett, not sure who she is. Same thing with Chase Parker and Matt Martell. Aria Davari, the only thing I know about this guy is he is the original Davari. The one who was signed, like, on the side with Ray Colley and Muhammad Hassan. He's that Daivari's father, or son, father. He's his brother. That's all I really know from four. I know he was a cruiserweight, but that's about it. Tony Nese, I know he was another cruiserweight, but seriously, how many cruiserweights do they really need? Like, 205 Live, is that even still a thing? Arturo Ruas, it sounds familiar, but I can't remember where from. But now the next names is a bit surprising. Fandango, we knew him because, dude, like his entrance music. Breezango, they had entertaining sketches together. Had some stuff going on in the main roster. They went to NXT, but it's like, after a while, it seemed like Fandango was really getting put on the injured list. Like... He was supposed to, I think he was rumored to become Intercontinental Champion at Payback 2013, but then he had to get taken out of the match because of concussion, replaced by Curtis Axel, so... Ugh. Felt a bad hand there. Tyler Breeze, I hated his selfie gimmick. Like, hang on, I'll wrestle this match first, let me take a selfie. Like, really? You gotta stop the match to take a picture of yourself? Kinda cheap. But it's like, he got over as part of Breezango. His push felt rather fast on the main roster like i think there was a backstage thing where he said like he asked permission to leave in a venue early i don't know if it was like go fast travel or go to a hotel to get some sleep and he got caught by management backstage got thrown under the bus by uncle hayes or something but after that he just went downhill but like the brizango stuff kind of gave him new lease or breath of fresh air sunil and samir singh like the same singh guys who are with jenner mahal it was inevitable, like, once they broke up with Jinder Mahal, there was really nothing going for them. So, it's not really a surprise. Maria Sheffer, not sure. August Gray, Christelli, not sure. Killian Dane? Isn't... Isn't he the one that's married to Sarah Logan? I know somebody from the original Sanity is. I think it might be him. But it's like, he didn't really do much so other than Sanity, so it's whatever. Bray Wyatt was really the bummer. Because it's like... He had terrible booking most of the time he was on the main roster. Former WWE and two-time Universal Champion. Uh, I think, yeah, I think, oh yeah, and he was also a couple-time tag team champions because I know he's tag champions with Matt Hardy and Randy Warren back in the day. He revitalized himself with the Fiend and Firefly's Funhouse character stuff. But it's just like so much bad booking really damaged him. But it's like he was one of the more known names because he had been on the main roster since 2013. Then all of a sudden, he disappears from television. There was rumors that it was because he was still dealing with the loss of uh, Brody Lee, a.k.a. Luke Harper, but that was utter BS. And it turns out, I think it was more of a case of trying to find some creative storylines for him to come up with, and they just canned him instead, or they had a variety of reasons. They try to say, oh, this is why he's gone. It's like, they real they honestly did him wrong. Uh, Asher Hale, Ari Sterling, not sure. Bobby Fish, I know he's part of... Uh, Part of the Undisputed Era. I honestly don't know much about him. Bronson Reed, the only thing I know about this guy was that he made goofy faces. That's all I knew him for. Uh, Jake Atlas, that name sounds familiar, but I can't remember where. 
Kona Reeves, isn't he a Keanu Reeves lookalike character that they have in NXT? Uh, Leon Ruff, not sure. Mercedes Martinez, I think I got her mixed up with Shelly Martinez at one point. But I know she sounds familiar from somewhere. Tyler Russ, not sure. Giant St. Gier, not sure. Seven Smith, Zechariah Smith, Denzel Jr., not sure. Now we're getting into the names that just recently happened. Uh, Scarlett, really, once they split her apart from Karrion Cross, there is nothing for her. Like, really, she was mainly used as a valet. I know she's a wrestler because of the indie scene, but she did not... I don't think she ever had a match, at least to my recollection, on NXT. It's like when they brought Karrion Cross up there and left her in NXT, what was there for her? It's like it was almost like sabotage a bit in a way. And I know some of these names that are within this recent release, some of them were released because they refused to get vaccinated. But other ones, they just kept saying, budget cuts. And I'll get to that at the end. Ember Moon, this was also a bit of a surprise because I know she didn't do much on the main roster, but I mean, she had a great finisher. I mean, that Eclipse. I mean, Corkscrew Diving Stunner was a great move. And I think she was NXT tag, Women's Tag Team Champions, which was a surprise. Why did you need that brand to have its own? Just use it once from the main roster, give them a purpose. So that was a bit of a surprise. Frankie Monet, the only thing I know about her is she's married to John Morrison. I don't know. I don't think she was there for that long. If memory serves me right. Oni Lorcan, I'm tired of hearing this name. I see his image so many times because of WWE Supercard. His character sounds like the name of some kind of freaking minor character from a Star Wars movie. Here comes the Stormtrooper, Oni Lorcan. Like, I just saw... I, I've seen his image before. He's just, uh, un, like, out of shape. Well, not out of shape, but just, like, no a bald guy with no figure. I'm tired of hearing his name. B-Fab... Isn't B-Fab part of the hit role that just got called up? So, like, you didn't... You just get called up and they already release you. Like, sheesh. Trey Baxter, I'm not sure. Katrina Cortez. It sounds familiar, but I'm not sure where... Jeet Rama, don't know who you are. But Grand Metallic and Lynch Dorado, both part of the Lucha House Party that they had with Kalisto. Really, there was nothing for them either. I mean, other than just being cruiserweights on the 205 Live. Carrying Cross, he was dead upon arrival just upon his debut on the main roster. I mean, NXT champion, losing to Jeff Hardy. Fans do not let it go. He drops the championship to Samoa Joe. He comes up. He's looking like some kind of knockoff character that's trying to cosplay as a member of Demolition with the freaking helmet on and the, the outfit that looks like something from some bad BDSM cosplay. And then, like, they tried something different, giving him something a bit of a spin for those promos that Sean O'Hare did in 2003, the whole Devil's Advocate gimmick. But really, he was dead upon arrival just from that debut. Uh, Keith Lee. This one everybody's up in arms for. NXT champion, North American champion, simultaneously, comes up to the main roster, dead. It's like, he had a thing going on against Randy Orton, he had to step away because of health problems that were going on, he comes back, they rename him Bearcat Lee, Bearcat Keith Lee or whatever, but he didn't really do much of anything on the main roster, but I think that was mostly because of health issues that really held him back, so I think that's where we could point more of our, point the finger at the most. Nia Jax, oh, I'm sure a lot of people are happy about this as well as a later name because of this woman's history with accidentally injuring people, but, like, do we really need less women to have on, like, the roster and everything? Because you're really thinning out that women's division with these releases, like, Nia Jax, former Raw Women's Champion, Tag Team Champion, like, 
like, I think somebody even said, you know things are bad if you're small and you don't really have job immunity. And I guess that's kind of a case there. I mean, she was a known name. She got her name because of WWE. Harry Smith, this one's a disappointment. Like, this guy was not even back for that long. He had, like, a dark match for SmackDown, and then he's gone. Like, I know he said the last run that he had with WWE up until, like, 2011 really killed his love for wrestling, but it's like he re-signs, he doesn't make a televised return, and then he's gone. Like, sheesh. Mia Yim, I honestly don't know anything about her. I know she's with Keith Lee. They're both released together. Real bummer there. Eva Marie, I'm sure everybody's jumping and jizzing in their pants. Like, honestly, what was the point of re-signing her? The only thing she really did on television was the stuff with Dewdrop, if memory serves me right. Like, I don't recall her doing anything before or since then. Like, she's teaming with, like, she's doing stuff with Dewdrop, mistreating her. SummerSlam happens, she gets dropped by Dewdrop, and that was it. So, like, what was the point of re-signing this woman? And then the last two names, Zeta Remier and Jesse Kamiya, I have no clue who they are. Alright, so now we're at the part where the video, the episode's getting a little bit updated. As of November 19th, we've gotten more releases that just suddenly happened, and some of these are kind of baffling, and you'll see why. So, we got first off, we got John Morrison. Now, with him, I believe he was only back for like two years. All he's done is really anything involving The Miz. Other than that, nothing. I mean, now he's not working with the company, just like his wife. But this is kind of a surprise. I mean, his last run with WWE lasted a lot longer. But this is like now people are saying, oh, maybe he'll go to AEW and be called Johnny Elite. I mean, honestly, does AEW need any more people? Like, really? They've got a stacked enough roster. They don't need to keep signing everybody that's been in WWE. they got to focus on who they've got now instead of just constantly be signing everybody they can because that was a problem WWE had. So hopefully... I mean, and plus, Johnny Nitro slash Morrison or whatever, he's gone through enough nicknames. Johnny Impact, Johnny Nitro, Johnny Blaze, John Morrison, Johnny Mundo, Impact, all that. Like, why not go to Ring of Honor if they come back? Call yourself Johnny Honor or something like that. Uh, Top Dollar, Ashante Adonis, Isaiah Swerve Scott have also all been released. So, let's see, this, when was this night for the first night of the draft? Like, it was... October 1st, so a month and a half after all members of Hit Row were called up to the main roster, they're all gone already. Like, B-Fab was released like a few weeks ago, and now all of a sudden the rest of Hit Row, they're all gone. I mean, were they just on SmackDown just recently had a segment with Sami Zayn where he's talking about who's got the better entrance and everything? And now all of a sudden they're all gone. A month and a half after getting called up. Like, holy crap. Like, what was the point? Like, were they, like, what was the reason? Like, they keep saying budget cuts. Hey, my name is Mr. John Laurinaitis. I'm the executive vice president of Tower Relations, and I was the general manager of Raw and SmackDown. Yes, now I am the funk man, and I'm firing everybody. It's because of budget cuts. Most people might be because they're not vaccinated. They don't want to be. They don't suck up to Vince like I do. But they also are getting caught because of budget cuts. It, we're not going to say it's because of freaking creative team has nothing for you. It's because of budget cuts. Thank you. And I wish you nothing but the best in your future endeavors. Like, you release a full fact. Like, I can't remember the last time, or if this has ever happened, where an entire faction 
that's together in one year is all gone by the same year. Like, all members of Sanity had a longer survival rate in WWE even after the group broke up, if members serves me right. It's like, hit roll, they're all there, they get called up together, and they're all released all of a sudden. Like, good lord. They weren't given a chance. Like, this... Oh my god. Tegan Knox, I don't think she got out of NXT. I mean, I think she was, like, actually rather attractive, at least my perspective. Now, I don't remember much about her. Drake Maverick. Now, this one's got to suck because this is the second time he's been cut. I think he got cut during the first round of the cuts that are happening due to the pandemic last year. He had the cheerful video where he's emotional about losing his job. He comes back. He gets signed to an NXT contract. And I think he was one of the names that got called up to come over to Raw during the draft. And now, I don't know how many appearances he made, but all of a sudden, he's gone. It's like, dude, that's a big shame right there. Shane Thorne. Now, I believe he was a member of Retribution. Can't remember exactly what his name was. Because I was just looking at the page a moment ago and I'm going blank. But Jackson Riker as well. I know this guy has kind of gotten a, his own reputation because of his views politically. So I think some people might be kind of thrilled about that. But I'm looking at Shane Thorne right now. And I just realized after going through the Retrib Wikipedia page. Only three members of Retribution are still with the company. Mustafa Ali, Mace, and Slapjack, I think, are still together in the company right now. Because, yeah, Mace is still there. Oh, no, Slapjack was Shane Thorne. So it's just Mustafa Ali, Mace, and T-Bar. All the other members of Retribution, they're gone. So Slapjack, who was Shane Thorne, he's gone. Reckoning, who was Mia Yim, she's gone. And Retaliation, who was Mercedes Martinez, she's gone. So, like, half of Retribution's gone. Like, oh my god. This is getting nuts. Like, that's at least 80 on-screen talent that have been released. I think, so far, just this year. I mean, like, John Morrison, that's a big surprise, because he was the most known name out of everybody there. Losing all of Hero was a pretty big surprise, at least in my opinion. Even though they didn't get a chance to do much. Tegan Knox is a bit of a surprise there, even though I don't know much about her. Drake Maverick... I mean, maybe now he can be back to Rockstar Spud, and now he'll be the only thing named, with a Rockstar name to it in 2021 that gets a positive reception. Shane Thorne, he's suddenly gone, and Jackson Riker. I think people got mixed opinions, but it's like, this is nuts. Like, this is beyond, like, spring cleaning that they would do in the springtime. This is just like, goodbye, pals. And it's not even Thanksgiving yet. So anyway, let me conclude the rest of the video, the episode with the original audio from this point forward. But it's like so many of these like releases this year, they keep saying budget cuts. It's like the new norm now instead of just saying creative has nothing for you. Like I think WWE just recently revealed that this most recent quarter they earned like over $200 million, which is up like 15% from the prior quarter. So it's like they're making a lot of money. But to say budget cuts is rather iffy. Like, I think that might have been one of the reasons why they got rid of Braun because of how high his contract was. But to use that on everybody, like, I think this is probably the most releases they've had in a year ever. Like, I know there were some notable names, like 2004, 2005 had a lot of names released out of nowhere. I know there were a good amount in 2011. Like, this is, this is freaking November. This is not spring cleaning. This is more like, enjoy your freaking Thanksgiving at home because you ain't got a job here. So it's like, hopefully everybody's alright that has not gotten employment yet. But one thing I'm really wondering about, because I noted this on Twitter, 
How badly are the people that are developing 2K22 shitting their pants? Because usually a game is released every around October, November every year, but they delayed this to March? So now who knows how thin this roster is going to be for the game, because so many people are being let go while this game is still being developed that could be in the game. You could have Nia Jax there, you could have Keith Lee, maybe Mia Yim, maybe a couple cruiserweights... Ember Moon, maybe Karrion Cross, you could have had Bree Zongle back in there, Bray Wyatt, Braun, and others. But it's like, how is this game going to even finish getting developed? Like, there are going to be more problems with development than freaking 2K20 if this keeps up. Like, yeah, they got a lot of room to learn from, but it's like, I don't recall this many, game, this many people getting released during a game's development since, like, maybe Here Comes the Pain? Like, I know there are some games, like, if you look on their website, the cutting room floor... And you look up the list of video games and everything, you got a list of characters that were cut, but it's like, I don't recall any games having this many people being released slash possibly cut from development, because I don't know if they have a full list for people that are on the, confirmed for the roster, but I'm sure a good amount involves some of these people that have been released, at least on the main roster, so it's like, who knows how many people are being cut? Because again, this is bigger than Smackdown, here comes the Pains cut roster listing there. So it's like, some names are bigger than others, but it's like, Jesus. So many people gone. Just within one year. And maybe by the time this episode comes out, maybe more get released. Maybe more before the end of the year, but that's over 70 people. In terms of wrestlers, I don't, I'm not counting people who are in the office area, because I can't really keep track or understand like who is who in terms of who's in the office or anything. We know who we see on TV, whether they're gone or not, so... To release over 70 people in the course of, like, within a calendar year is pretty surprising to me. Then again, WWE, I think we've all critiqued WWE on this. You're signing too many people. So many people, so little room or time, to the point where some people aren't even doing anything. It's like, why sign everybody? Just to say that you have them? What's the point if they're not doing anything? And also, not ever, also to the fans that maybe listen to this episode, not everybody needs to go to AEW that's been out of WWE. Alright, just because they're not in WWE anymore does not mean they should automatically say AEW bound, AEW bound. There are more wrestling companies that they could go to besides just AEW. Maybe Ring of Honor if it comes back in April. You could go to New Japan, AAA, Impact, PWG. You have many options. There's more than just AEW to go to. So it's like, please, if somebody's getting released or there's rumors about them getting released or leaving when the company contract expires... Don't immediately assume that they're just going to go to AEW or just immediately popping that up. There's more options out there than just this other company. Especially when AEW's roster, honestly, at this point is very bloated. Like, how many people do they already have signed on their roster? It's overflowing at this point. So anyway, let me know you all thought in the comment section below about any of the names that I just read off that got released. And what you think about all these, because, like, this is astounding. Like, some names really stand out from being released, like I said. Like, Nia Jax out of nowhere... Scarlet is a bit of a surprise. Karrion Cross, all of a sudden. Keith Lee, so many others. Like, this has not been a good year for talent. I mean, this should also show if some of these names, like even Bray or Braun can get released, nobody's really safe. Unless you're the tip-top tier, like a Randy Orton or something. But anyway, let me know you all thought in the comment section below. If you enjoyed this episode, leave a like, comment, subscribe, depending on what service you're on, or follow, whatever you choose to. Let me know again, like I said, what you all think in the comment section below. And I'll catch you all next time. Thanks for listening, everybody. Like, comment, subscribe. Peace out. And good day, everybody.